you are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. And on today's show, we're going to dive into what... This all means for baseball moving forward, the rule changes with the minor leagues. I I understand the need to try to adapt and kind of try to try out different things and try to see what works or see what different rule changes can make the sport better. But it feels like baseball... Instead of trying to grow the game the way it is, or instead of trying to grow the game and be, you know, more fun or more accessible, it seems like they just try to change the root of the game. And in in that way of changing, if pitchers can go, you know, one batter at a time, you know, or the you know the three batter minimum, changing that stuff and changing the pace of play stuff. When you do all of that you don't entice any new fans and you oftentimes alienate the fans you already have. So whenever you see the minor league system start to toy with rules, you know that that's knocking on the door of being major league rules. We've seen all these rules, the pitch clocks, all that start in the minor leagues and work their way up towards the big leagues. And the one that catches my eye is banning the shift, the electric strike zone. I think that those two can really have consequences to them. And I think that it's a great thought exercise too for what it would mean moving forward. So let's start with the electric strike zone. You still need a home plate umpire, so you're still not going to lose a job. Nobody's going to lose a job over this, right? You still need a home plate umpire. You still need a catcher. However, what will be lost in this is for the catchers, we've now spent generations, or at least a generation, Teaching catchers how to frame the ball. Teaching catchers how to receive the ball, how to receive the pitch, how to deceive the umpire. And and that is a trait and a craft that a lot of catchers have honed in on from all levels levels of baseball, trying to think that that will be the trait that gets them to the big leagues. That has been a trait that has had players passed up for big league opportunities because they can't frame the ball as well as other uh, players can. Salvador Perez has been a guy that's been long criticized for him not being able to frame as well as other as other catchers. Obviously, Press has so many other things great that it never really hindered his ability to stay in the big leagues or his ability to play at this level. But for other catchers, it does. And now, if you have an electric strike zone, what we've taught this new generation does not matter one bit. Right? It doesn't matter because you, you're not fooling an umpire now. You're simply working from the... Standpoint of an electric strike zone, you're, you're, you cannot fool the machinery. It's going to be pre-calculated. 
you know, predetermined type of thing. So I, I just don't get why we keep changing this stuff so dramatically, right? Because that, that's a huge deal. Again, that's going to be a wasted amount of time for every catcher right now. I mean, every catcher in college right now who's going to be drafted and put in the minor leagues has been worked on, has been working on framing for their entire life. I mean, these are like 18, 20, 21 year old guys, their entire life. And now they get to the minor leagues, they get to the, to the destination that they want to get to, you know, professional baseball, what they've been working towards this entire time, what they've been spending time for this entire time. It just does not matter one bit. Like It just kind of seems odd that baseball continues to want to change the kind of game that we're playing. And then you go to from the electric strike zone, which does take away too from the fans' perspective. Look, I hate when calls are wrong egregiously as well, but there is some of that glorified chess match type. Well, this umpire is going to call the outside pitch, so you got to see your pitcher work outside a bit. Or, you know, if we're so black and white and by the numbers, right, what what energy gets provided to the game? Like, what, what, what energy gets put in? Then it becomes even more of this kind of, these aren't real, these are just simulations type of feeling to it because numbers have already taken over baseball. And if you're going to add in the electronic strike zone, you're basically taking away another human element of this game and becoming less and less human, right? Like like the Rays do not operate with that human side, that, that attachment to players, that attachment to their fan base. They don't operate that way. They're cold, they, they're cold cut, cold hearted. They look at the numbers. And if you're no longer of value, it doesn't matter if you're Evan Longoria or if you're Blake Snell, you're gone because you no longer fit the model and projections that our numbers say that you should. That's already kind of taken away that human aspect of the, of this game, which used to be a game that was so easy to connect to, right, for, for the common person. So you're taking that out of it. You're taking away the big strikeouts on maybe pitches that shouldn't have been strikeouts, but still provide a great moment. So you're getting the call right for sure. And getting the call right is a big deal, and it should be the priority here. Getting the call right is really good. I just wonder that you mix in machinery calling the balls and strikes where there's no longer a dispute of if you should give that strike or if you shouldn't give that strike. It's all a computer. All the decision-making is by computers and by numbers and by stats. Then what are we really doing here? right? What are we really doing as viewers? We're watching a simulation play out, it feels like. It feels more and more like that than it does watching a a spontaneous type of game. So I, I wonder if we're going to lose that feeling. And maybe, maybe we'll go to minor league games this year. They'll have the automatic strike zone and we won't notice it one bit. And we won't notice it at all. And it will be perfect and it will be awesome and we'll love it. But for the first time in these rule changes, I've been all aboard the DH, I've been all aboard all these other rule changes, expanded playoffs. For the first time, I, I do have pause on the, on the electric strike zone. It takes away a lot from catchers to fans, all that good stuff. Now, the banning the shift rule change where you cannot shift anymore. I can see that happening for for Major League Baseball. It's obviously going to be experimented with in minor league baseball this year. So I understand 
a lot of sides to this, right? The first side is, well, let him shift. Who cares? If you can't beat the shift, be better. You're a professional hitter. Figure out a way to get the ball to the right side of the infield or the left left side of the infield, whatever the case may be. Figure it out, right? Figure it out. You're a professional hitter. This is your job. But again, it goes back to they have so much data and so much information on you that they know your every move and they know that you can't figure it out. It's, it's a lot harder than it looks. There's a reason why these uber talented guys like Joey Gallo can't go the other way. They just can't. They can hit the ball from here to Mars and they can't go the other way. It's hard. You don't think that Gallo's ever thought about going the other way? You don't think he's ever thought about that? It would make him a lot more money. It'd make him a lot better player. He's a competitive guy. Of course he's thought about it, but it's incredibly hard. So whenever you do ban the shift, it does allow Gallo to to show more of his skill set. It does allow him to improve his batting average. It does allow him to, you know, in turn, have better stats and in turn, make more money. So I'm not sure where to fall on the whole banning the shift argument. I do think that it would be a highly debated topic for the entire offseason of what should have happened. But a couple years into it, right? Maybe not the first year, maybe not the second year, but a couple years into it, I think we would be seeing, I think we would be seeing a more competitive and a more fun game. I, I think we would. I think we'd be seeing a better product if you ban the shifts because hitters will get better. The offenses will get better. You maybe eliminate the home run all or nothing type at bats, but maybe you don't. Maybe the numbers still say, Hey, look, even though you could hit a single here, it's still worth it for you to try to go all out for a home run and strike out rather than hit a single. Who knows? But I think that one could lead to a better product coming up. We're going to talk more about that. But first I'm going to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been buying auto parts online at rockauto.com, even though you have absolutely no idea how to work the internet properly. But you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about vehicles. That's right. That's my favorite part. I know nothing about them. Nothing at all. I don't know a single thing about vehicles, but I don't have to. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting parts on things I do not need, parts I cannot use, none of that. I'm only getting what I need. RockAuto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you, and the how did you hear about a box, and they'll know what to do from there. So again, rockauto.com, they have amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you, and the how did you hear about a box? We are back on Locked On Royals. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Locked On Bets. Betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day, followed by the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the radio.com app. 
So I want to talk right now more about the shift a little bit because I, I do, I do have mixed feelings about the shift. I really do. Like I, I can see both sides of banning the shift versus not banning the shift. And I'm interested to see where the majority of baseball fans fall on this. Are you someone who thinks that we should not ban the shift and you should just get better, right? You should just figure out a way to beat the shift. Or do you think that the shift creates an unfair advantage for the defense to where they shouldn't be allowed to do it? I I don't know. I don't know what the right call here is. I can see both sides. For me, I do think banning it would create a better product. And so I would take the bad PR. I would take the debates. I would take the, I would take the whipping right from the media, from the fans for two to three years until they realize, Hey, you know what? This is a lot more fun than watching a guy ground out to second base. Every single at bat, every single one. Oh, the fifth at bat, excuse me. He hits a home run. Other than that, he's going to ground to second base. And then, Oh, here, here comes the 22nd at bat. And he's going to hit a home run now. I, I think that it could create a better product, a more entertaining product. But again, you are taking away more elements that make the sport special. On the flip side, though, if you do ban the shift, the defense can get to display their athleticism even better, right? If you've got to have you know, Javier Baez come over from the traditional shortstop position all the way behind the second base bag, make a diving play, and throw over to first... I think he can do that. And I think that he can do that. I think he would do that. I think that that would generate more clicks, more highlights, and more fun, even on the defensive side. There's just a lot of different ways that you can go with the rule changes. There just is. I I wonder if we'll see these in Major League Baseball and when we'll see this in Major League Baseball. Because I think that it's clear most rules do make the leap. I mean, we saw the runner on second base rule. Last year, we saw that in the minor leagues first. We saw all these rule changes that get to the majors. We saw that first in the minor leagues. So I think it's clear that the hope is that we streamline and, and, and kind of push these rule changes up to major league levels. But what's going to be the pushback? I think that these two you'll see real heavy, heavily pushbacks. And I think that it can happen sooner than later. I think it's a big deal why they start these in the minor leagues this year. Because the CBA is up after this season. So the CBA is up after this year, and you want to collectively bargain a new agreement for the players and the and the owners, the MLBPA and the MLB itself, and you might see some of these sneak in there. You might see, okay, well, guess what? You're going to agree right now that we can add the, you know, we can add the whatever, you know, ban the shift rule in 2024. So get ready, because in 2024, we're going to ban the shift. Stuff like that can happen in that CBA, and I think that they want to see how it works in real baseball in real time right now and get prepared for that, and get prepared for what they could eventually do. But those are the two that really caught my eye, and that really kind of stood out to me. And then from there, there were some other minor league rule changes that I don't think were that egregious or even that worth entertaining. Uh, but we can look at them up right now for the minor league rule changes in 2021. I mean, it was a big deal, those first two. Now, there also was the larger bases rule at AAA. I think that's cool. I mean, I, I guess it would prevent kind of collisions and injuries, so that's awesome. Why not go ahead and do that to make sure that this rule 
doesn't impact injuries. Or I, mean, I, should, I should say that this rule kind of prevents some injuries, at least, from stepping on guys and things like that. The defensive and positioning rule, I didn't like that too much. There is this rule, step off, this new step-off rule. And there also, I think, is a new pick-off rule where you can only pick off two times or something. Yeah, in low A, uh, your pitchers will be limited to two step-offs or pick-offs while there is at least one runner on base. They may pick off a third time, however, if the runner gets back safely. The result is a balk or the runner advances. Okay, so here's the rule. You get two pickoffs, right? Boom, boom. If you throw the third pickoff, that runner is safe, then he gets to advance to second. If you throw the third pickoff and you get him out, no harm, no foul, carry on about your day. Baseball wants more stolen bases. They want more hits. They want to do more of that traditional style, more so than the three true outcomes of, you know, strikeout, home run, whatever the case may be, whatever the hell that even means anymore in the modern era. I I don't hate the pickoff rule for regular season games. I think it can be a bit redundant. Maybe you keep picking the ball off left and right. I would not like it, though, in the postseason when timing matters, when every pitch has this, this intense importance. Uh, of course, there was the argument that if I know that you only get two pickoffs, right? If I'm a base runner, I know that you can only throw it over two times. And you throw it over the, the, the two times, right? Then at this point, I can just take as huge of a lead as I want to because you can't pick off anymore. And that is actually wrong because, again, you can still throw over the third time. You just have to make sure you get the runner out that third time if you want to throw over. So the runner has to still stay within a reasonable distance to make it to make your pitcher question if he can get him out, right? If, you're, if your runner is going to lead off by 20 steps, obviously the pickoff is going to get the runner out and you are not going to be penalized for picking off a third time. But it is interesting to see how that would affect the cat, the cat and mouse game. I, I wouldn't like it for playoffs. I would like it for regular season. Similar to the runner starting on second base rule, how that was only a regular season rule. I, I like that as well. So coming up, I want to talk about the Royals, and I want to dive into Josh Thomont, who made his um, spring training debut yesterday. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over at the NHL. NBA and college basketball are in full swing, but online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. But online has you cover for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's very free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up for and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. We use promo code locked on. So again, BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can bet on all your sport action, everything, even baseball, prop bets, over-unders, award winners, everything. Go over there right now, betonline.ag, promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code locked on, get 20% off your next order. Today's matchup for the Built Bar March Madness, where we try to crown the best-tasting protein bar, is peanut butter brownie versus almond. I have to go peanut butter brownie. I love all the brownie flavors. They're just chef's kiss amazing. I love Built Bars. I've reordered Built Bars despite them sending us host, uh, all of our hosts so many Built Bars. I love it so much. I've even had to reorder it. So let's crown the very best Built Bar. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet, amazing-tasting protein bars, with 100% chocolate on the outside of every single bar. 
Now it's time to crown the very best one. My personal favorite, cookies and cream. We need to stuff the ballot boxes for cookies and cream. Try it out today at BuiltBar.com. You can go to BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote in the March Madness tournament. Also, go to BuiltBar.com to order your Built Bars. Remember to use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. I do want to remind you that tomorrow we'll start another divisional day every Wednesday from now to the end of March. Tomorrow we'll talk with my good friend Jeff over at Locked On Cleveland Baseball and we'll discuss the Royals and the Cleveland baseball team and how they're going to intertwine together this season, including insight on Carlos Santana. Do not forget that's coming up tomorrow on the Locked On Royals podcast and also the divisional crossovers on every single MLB show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, real quick, though, to end the show, Josh Dalmont, he made his spring training debut, was fantastic, and he revealed that he was battling COVID to start the camp. And so he had a tough battle with COVID. He did have a lot of symptoms. I hope that he's okay. I hope that he recovers nicely. He mentioned stamina. He mentioned fatigue. He mentioned all that stuff. That's similar to what Hunter Dozier talked about whenever he had COVID a year ago. And so hopefully we'll see where that goes with Stomont for the rest of his season. Now, hopefully it's okay, but he had he looked good in his debut yesterday. So hopefully he's all right. We'll monitor that throughout the rest of the year. Again, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Rose. We'll be back tomorrow for Divisional Day. Be good and be good to another. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Rose.